that better? There we go. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer as we continue with our service. Father in heaven, we want to pause one more time just to continue to ask for your guidance and for your leading as we uh, get into the scriptures here this morning. Enlighten every mind that we can hear what you want us to hear. Sometimes it's for us, for some, sometimes it's for somebody else, and um, we just never know where your spirit is going to impress and work on the minds of people. We just pray that you would do that once again today. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Our sermon series we're going through is on domestic violence and abuse, and our scripture today is found in, chap in James chapter 1, starting in verse 12. If you'll turn with me in your Bible, your smartphone, or your electronic device, James chapter 1, <coughs> starting in verse 12, James writes, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he's been approved, he'll receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he's carried away and enticed by his own desire, his own lust. Then when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it gives, uh, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. The author of this letter is James. It's the half-brother of Jesus. As they grew up, I can imagine how many times Jesus reminded his brother about not making excuses. Excuses are easy to make for everybody. And uh, they're still around today, plenty of excuses. In school, there's always the typical cliche of excuse. You know, well, the dog ate my homework, and that's more humorous and not so true, but people still say it. But then people use other excuses and say, well, I, I didn't know it was due. I didn't know there was the deadline. Other people, when it comes to, say, work, they'll say, well, I'm sick. Or parents will say, well, my kids are sick. When it comes to... When it comes to things like, you know, trying to avoid people, people will say, well, you know, if someone wants to do something socially, people will say, well, I've, you know, I've got to work. I need to spend time with the family or I'm busy. And I, I would imagine in, 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 in a few months down the road, people might even say something like, well, I, we'd love to come spend time with you, but, you know, it's the coronavirus and we need to socially distance. And I, I can imagine in the months to come that'll be, you know, a new excuse people use to just simply avoid other people. Dating, people will say, man, I, I just got to focus on my career or, you know, I'm not in a good place right now. When it comes to bad habits, people say things like, well, it's not that big of a problem. I mean, I only gamble three times a week. It's not that big of a problem. Or other people will use the excuse and say, well, next month, next month, I promise, next month is the next month, I'll quit. And when it comes to abuse, people still have excuses when it comes to abuse. They just have different excuses. People will say things like, you just don't know what she said. She made me so angry. Like that's an excuse. Or he'll say something like, you just don't know. She cheated on me. And that's not a very good excuse either. 
James, as he's writing this letter, he's reminding people that there are no excuses. There are no great valid excuses for sinning or for abuse. In verse 14, he, he kind of pinpoints two things. The first thing he mentions there is lust. The, the Greek word is epithumia, which is, doesn't have to guarantee it's a sexual thing, even though it says lust there. It's just basically this, in your brain, this inner, deep, longing, uh, craving desire to simply do what me, myself, and I really want to do. <laughs> and in the same verse there, in verse 14, in my translation, it's, it's in, uh, interpreted enticed. And this, this is the Greek word, where, where is it? Here's it. Uh, Delazzo. The Greek word basically is it's like a fishing lure. It's a fishing lure or fishing bait. <laughs> now, God does not, God does not give Satan the ability to force any human being or any created being. Satan does not have the ability to force people to sin. <clears throat> but Satan, even though he's very destructive, he's not stupid. He's been studying human beings for six, 7,000 years, and he's been studying you since the day you've been born. And just like a really good fisherman, my grandpa was an amazing fisherman. My brother's a really good fisherman. I just like to eat fish after they catch them. I'm not such a good fisherman. But even fishermen, fishermen know that all a good fisherman has to do is get the right lure, get the right bait, and put it in the water and have that shiny thing right there and that silly fish because of their own, because of their own inner desire. The fish, oh, they just got to have that shiny little lure and put it in their mouth. Oh, that'll make life so much better. Satan does the same. Satan can't force us to do anything destructive to hurt ourselves or anybody else. But Satan knows the crazy little party going on in your mind, the little selfish stuff that, oh, we, if nobody was watching, oh, what I would like to really, oh, if I could just get away. Satan knows that. He just, just dangles it in front of us. So we choose to get into trouble ourselves. And then, typical human beings, we, it, the devil made me do it. No, he just knew what you really liked, so he just set it out there on the table. So you, you could smell it, and you could see it, and you could, you could feel it. It's like, oh, wow. Because of our own selfish inner desires. Satan's not forcing people to do anything. He doesn't even have to work that hard. He knows what we like. And so we chase it like a fish chasing bait. But unfortunately, we're not fish, and we know better than fish. We shouldn't be doing that. First, James chapter 1, rather, James 1, verse 14 and 15 each one is tempted, each person is tempted when they're carried away and enticed by their own inner desire. Then when that inner desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. When sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Don't be deceived. And some of you might be thinking, well, I thought this series was on domestic abuse. I'm a little confused. What does, what does excuses have to do with domestic abuse? 
a lot. Because believe it or not, when someone is abusing somebody else, many times the person doing the abuse makes excuses. They make excuses. Well, I only did it because of something that person did. That's an excuse. And sometimes, as crazy as it sounds, sometimes the person being abused Sometimes the person being abused will even say similar things. Well, he only did it because he caught me doing... But there's no great reason to abuse somebody. And unfortunately, as long as abuses have been around is just as long as excuses have been around. I'm going to read to you something here, something from the country of Greece. <clears throat> and this is just something I found. You could basically pick any country in the world, including the uh, United States. So I'm not picking on Greece. Uh, listen to what the government of Greece and parents from that country chose to do around the time the Apostle Paul was walking through the country of Greece sharing Jesus. Quote, After examining the newborn baby... If it, pr if it proved to be well-built and sturdy, the government instructed parents to raise it, and the government even gave it land. But if it was a runt, if it was deformed, if it had any imperfection at all, they, they uh, dispatched it to what was called the place of rejection. It was a precipitous spot on a mountain, thinking it was better. It was better for itself, its family, and its country that the baby should die at birth because it lacks health and strength. It's from a Greek historian, Plutarch. Not only did they have a terrible idea to kill a newborn baby, they justified it with some horrible, horrible excuse. And I wish, I wish I could stand up here and say, well, you know, well, God bless America. I mean, we're in America. We do abusive things all the time. It's another topic for another day, but you realize ever since the 70s, every year in so-called Christian America, there's over a million babies that die from abortion because their parent or parents abuse them. So severely, they never live. So often as human beings, we, we think we're, what's the, the modern catchphrase? We're evolved. That's a fun word. We think we've evolved so much. We think we're so educated and so insightful. But abuse still happens. For females between the age of 15 and 45, females between the age of 15 and 45 years old, the leading cause of injury for all women is abuse. Domestic violence. It's more than traffic accidents, death by cancer, and a few other things all combined. It's worse. You can throw in muggings and other things. It's worse. That's not even counting all the men who get abused, who are too ashamed to say anything. And that's not even counting the 7.8 
billion people around the world. That's just talking women in America between 15 and 45. Abuse is a real problem. Depending on the country you live in, abuse affects as many as 70% of the female population. And God bless this little confusing thing we call the coronavirus. On a normal year, if human beings can ever have such a thing called a normal year, on a normal year, millions and millions of women are abused, and men of all ages, every year in their house. Abused by their parents, their spouse, their kids, men and women, we all get abused. And due to the coronavirus, and I'm not exaggerating, the majority of the world, and since there's almost 8 billion people in the world, during the coronavirus, which has been about seven months long, we have billions, billions of people that have almost never stepped, almost never stepped out of their house. Billions of people who've almost never stepped out of their house, rarely, for seven months and they're stuck in their house with someone who's abusive, who now in their mind, they think they have lots of excuses to be even more abusive and more angry because the coronavirus has affected their job, their paycheck, their exercise routine, their social life, and lots of other things. To the result of domestic violence has gone up 20% in the last seven months. And that does not even take into account that we know almost 70% of the cases, almost 70% of the cases of domestic violence never get reported. About 70% never even get reported under normal circumstances. So it's much, much worse than we even know. <clears throat> James 1, 14 and 15. He writes, Each person is tempted when they're carried away and enticed by their own lust. When the lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin. When the sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Death. Real stuff. Years ago, I, I, I lived in this little sleepy, small community. this little community in the United States. It was just a little country town, a little small, sleepy place. <laughs> and uh, so peaceful and happy. And uh, this, this young male met this young female, and they started to date. We know what it's like when you start dating. You just get this, this energy and this excitement. And it, it's almost like, you know, it's like adrenaline. And it's, it, you, can, you can spend the whole night talking on the phone and the next day go to school and or work and you just, it doesn't, nothing phases you. You could be shot and you just, you know, you, you got all this energy. It's so exciting because you're dating and, and you could do it day after day and you're just, you know, just the more you talk to them all night, it just fuels you. And for some reason, that same excitement, it's almost like um, it does something to our brain where it causes a little temporary amnesia. Because we just overlook all the shortcomings. This is like, 
She's amazing. She's like so tall. Well, no, she's like 5'1". I don't know, but she's amazing. And he can like lift a house. And they make so much money. And they're nice and sweet. And they open the door. And they, they're just, they're amazing. And you know, people who've dated, you know what that's like. You just, in that beginning phase, it just, adrenaline kicks in. It just, you know, amnesia happens. And everything's amazing. Well, with this couple, you know, after time, eventually the amnesia starts wearing, and off, wearing off, and he started, you know, um, being upset. He started getting angry, and so he'd, you know, say in, uh, some angry, hateful, mean words to her. And, and he, he knew, he knew, um, you know, because the mind, even if you're on drugs or alcohol, not that he was, but even if you are, the human mind is pretty powerful, and God's a really good communicator. And so he knew really shouldn't say those things to her. And he knew he really shouldn't get angry. And she knew, quite frankly, that, you know, she didn't deserve to be treated like that. <laughs> but the next day, he would always say those three magical words, you know, I love you. And uh, <laughs> time passed. <laughs> and as time passed, uh, he said a few more magical words. And he, he said, would you marry me? And she said, yes. And it surprised a few people, but, you know, no marriage is perfect. And so they thought, well, this is going to go, go really well. And uh, anyway, so they got married, and uh, a few more years passed, and his angry words started turning into hours of angry words. Well, as, as, uh, as committed humans and Americans, you know, they made more excuses. It's going to get better. Um, you know, this happens in a marriage, you know, trying to tell themselves that this is normal. Well, as time passed, eventually... Uh, you know, his anger turned into words, his words turned into hours of anger, and then eventually it turned into he hit her. And he'd hit her more than once. But again, they made excuses, because they were married, and they, you know, they didn't want to be quitters, and all the other things that pop into their minds. And they both kind of told themselves, well, you know, at least he doesn't hit me the way he'd hit a guy. Well, well that's encouraging. And, and, and in their defense, you know, he, he got very angry and he caught her doing something that she shouldn't have done. And she said some stuff that was very mean, very personal. It's unforgivable. And it, it was an accident. He didn't really mean to hit her. It was, you know, God, he was trying to, you know, make things better and things got out of control. Approximately 14 years, give or take, about 14 years after they got married, they, they owned a business together, and they, they were in this community. It was just over 20,000 population, small little community. And they owned this business together, and they, the, the, the work shift is over, and they closed their business, walked out of the business they owned together, and out onto the public sidewalk, and he killed her. He killed her right there in public for everybody to see. Not her problems, his problems. His problems were now for everybody to see. His anger, his abuse, his problems. Television, newspaper, internet, family, friends, neighbors, customers, everybody could see the very thing. He'd worked so hard to hide. The thing he'd worked so hard to hide. 
abuse, domestic abuse. And now in this case, murder. He'd worked so hard to hide that. James is really clear here in verse 14 and 15. A person is tempted when they're carried away by and enticed by their own, their own desire. There's no excuse. If you continue on that path, it, it conceives and it gives birth. And when it's accomplished, it can bring forth death. I'm, I'm overwhelmingly sure, overwhelmingly sure the majority of people don't spend any time thinking about killing another human being. But I'm equally sure lots of people, lots of people spend lots of time ignoring their problems. And people spend lots of time making excuses for their problems. And unfortunately, according to people's own opinion of themselves, the majority of the world have not accepted Jesus. And so the, not only are the majority of the world ignoring their challenges, making excuses for them, the majority of the world are not turning to the one thing that helps you most. Instead, they're ignoring Jesus. They're ignoring Jesus. Domestic violence is a real problem. It's painful, it's delicate. Because it's painful and delicate, almost nobody ever talks about it. Even in church. But do you realize, in all the churches, you name the denomination, domestic violence is a real issue. It has been for years not because this church or that church is a real problem, but because churches are only filled with humans. And humans, we have a lot of challenges. And just because we sit in the building doesn't guarantee we're letting Jesus do what he needs to do inside of our mind. So then the dysfunction happens. And sometimes it can be worse at church because we have this expectation, well, I'm a Christian now, or I go to a church now, I'm supposed to have better behavior. So now I really can't say anything, because then what would people think? And so and sometimes the secret is even worse, because people perceive that the stakes are higher. And because domestic abuse typically happens in the house at night, and the curtains are closed, no one else can see it. And so other people don't typically know to step in and help because they're not even aware it's happening. There's good counselors. I know we have people watching our, our feed here all around America, but there's good quality Christian counselors that can help all around America, especially in our area. There's quality books. On the screen there, you can see there's a toll-free number that you can call anywhere in the United States. I would imagine even Canada. If not, they'd have their own. 800-799-7233. A free number that anybody can call for domestic abuse. It's a free hotline. 
800-799-7233. So anybody can call and get help or encouragement. Abuse is real. doesn't matter if you're the person doing the abuse or the person receiving the abuse. Both people need help. They just need different help. <coughs> and somebody might say, well, pastor, this is, you know, you always... Um, want to be talking about Jesus' death and resurrection and helping people in that way. I didn't hear much about Jesus today. And that's true. Because the reality is human beings have challenges in their mind. The Bible calls it sin. If we don't take that to Jesus, we end up abusing ourselves. If we continue to not listen to Jesus very well, it spills out onto the people around us, and usually in the form of verbal abuse. But if we don't get serious about ourselves, not making excuses, not blaming the people around us, but if we don't get serious about ourselves and our own challenges and our own thoughts, sometimes that turns into physical abuse, but there's many ways to abuse people. And in the case of this couple I mentioned, which is a real couple in a real community I really lived in, he really killed his own wife right there in public, right in the street, right outside of the business. Sometimes it turns into abuse where someone will kill another person. But you know, the reality is, as I'm reading here in James chapter 1, where he says, Blessed is the person who perseveres under trial, for once you've been approved, you'll receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say that I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and God himself does not tempt anyone. So James is saying, let's be really clear here <coughs> where temptations come from. It happens when you're carried away and enticed by your own inner desires. It's not your spouse's fault, it's not your parents, not your kids, not your boss. Life can be challenging, but this happens by your own inner choice. And when that's conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. He's not, in my opinion, he's not simply referring to domestic abuse when someone kills their spouse. <coughs> it starts with beating up on ourself. It turn, then it usually goes into verbal abuse. Then it can go into all kinds of abuse, sometimes, you know, physical abuse. And if it continues, rarely, sometimes it can go into the type where you kill somebody. James isn't writing about that. He's talking about the next step. Well, what's that? Eternal death. Eternal death. Because guess what? If we human beings spend our lifetime ignoring my challenges, making excuses for my challenges, and here's the big kicker, Ignoring the one best, free, amazing place that'll help me get freedom from abuse, whether I'm the giver or the receiver, if I spend my life ignoring Jesus. Guess how a person is saved? Guess how a person is saved? Verse 12, those who love Jesus. You know, if I've spent my life ignoring Jesus, Guess what happens at the end? Well, I didn't die. Nobody killed me from domestic abuse. No, but if you spend your life running and hiding from Jesus, we won't be going to heaven. It doesn't matter if you're the giver or the receiver of abuse. If we spend our life running 
just, it's, I know it's delicate, I know it's painful, it's hurtful, it's complex, I'm not that young, naive, and stupid. But if we're the giver or the receiver of abuse, if we spend our life running from Jesus, that's a real problem. Because the way to get into heaven, to have 100% freedom from abuse anywhere, everywhere for eternity, is to have Jesus. And if we've spent our life running away from Jesus, it will, according to James 1, 12, 13, 14, and 15, we will end in death. It will end in death. It's serious. So please, I, I appeal to you, Take this serious. God doesn't want anybody to be abusive or receive abuse. So please continue to listen to Jesus. There's many places to get help. The truest and best is to put honest, sincere, real effort into faith and trusting Jesus and taking to heart what Jesus writes in the Bible about abuse. Because Jesus wants us to have complete freedom from abuse. Let's pray. Father in heaven, it is comforting to know that though you've lived for an eternity and you have had to go through more abuse than anybody else, the Bible is really clear. When you were abused, Jesus, you did not abuse people back. Please live in our mind and live in our heart so that you'd give us your thoughts, feelings, actions, and motives so we do not abuse ourselves, so we do not abuse the people around us. And if and when we see that happening, that there would be forgiveness and cleansing and healing, but there would be stoppage, that it would stop that, that there's not making excuses, but it would actually quit because of you, Jesus. There's ways to actually have that happen. Continue to give us that victory, whether it's he, us here listening live or watching through our devices, or, or perhaps, you know, for many of us, this hasn't been our experience, but we know people perhaps that this has happened to. Help us in appropriate, delicate ways to help other people not pick sides, not cause a bigger division, not post it all over Facebook, but to be helpful in very discreet ways so people can be free from abuse. We know that's your desire, Jesus, and so it is ours. And we pray it in your capable name, Christ. Amen.